I've got I've got ten thirty. So okay. All rolling here. My name's Todd Light. Sounds great. I'm the Small Business Center Director at Bladen Community College, um, and we decided to start this year. Um, we've done a lot of webinars. We, of course, do seminars. We're part of the North Carolina uh, Community College Systems Small Business Center Network, and we do uh, seminars live in classrooms and so on. Um, but we've started doing a lot more webinars, things online. And then this year we've decided to start doing, um, I decided let's give it a shot with these conference calls. Um, and to, to provide, especially for, as the name implies, rural markets for folks who don't have access to good Internet, to uh, the alternatives that we've been using. And everybody's got a phone, so you can call in and share information, and we're not going to provide anything that you can't find probably online at some point after the fact. Um, and Wanda, our guest today, um, has agreed to help me provide a, an after-the-fact kind of thing. So we're going to be taking notes. We'll have, so you don't have to sit here and jot a bunch of stuff unless you want to, but we'll provide you something after the fact um, with um, uh, all the information from the call today. Um, and right now, and we've got somebody just joined, so I'm going to go ahead and unmute them and let them, I'll let Wanda probably dictate that we're going we're gonna to network a little bit here, but we have Teresa's just popped on, so we appreciate that. And... Um, other than that, I want to get right into the call because we've got about an hour. We don't want to keep anybody over. We'll try to stick straight to this. Um, but one of the things, if you're interested in future upcoming things, um, we're going to do this again. We've basically been doing this every second Friday. Um, and next month I'm doing one for preparedness month on how to communicate your disaster recovery. So we've had a lot of hurricanes here in North Carolina, and everybody has different things that happen to their business that may put them out of business for a short amount of time. But we're going to talk about how to communicate that after uh, disaster next month. So, um, Wanda, you ready to roll? I am. Do you, do you want I people am. to introduce themselves? Because we've got, we've got a bunch well, of Well, you know, we can certainly, certainly do that. I'll tell you. Uh, one of the things we're, we're going to, like Todd mentioned, we have for you is just a little handout with sort of an outline of what we're talking about. And this is for those of you that hang on for the entire hour. Plus, there's a bonus link to about 33 networking tips that we're going to share. So it's sort of an action plan, if you will, for those that do hang in there. And I'll tell you, we're going to get to some networking in just a minute. But, you know, small towns and rural communities are tight-knit groups of people. You know this. And they know their neighbors. They probably grew up together. And they try to help each other out. That's what we do in small towns. And this type of community, well, you know, it's great for a business's reputation. It can really make you or break you. So that you need to earn that trust first. You really do. So relationship building is key here. So how many of you on the call are actually from the community that you're doing business in? So I want you to introduce yourself and tell us who you are and tell us if you are from the community that you're actually doing business, business in. Hi, Wanda. This, oh, yes. hi, Wanda. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes. This, this is Jade Theresa Morton. And, um, hey, Jade. Yes, I, hey. I, um, I'm so glad to be on with you today. Yes, I good. work in the same county I'm from. Very good. 
Very good. Thank you. Do you want to tell us what you do? Yes. Um, I am yoga and wellness with Jade, teaching um, yoga and wellness classes at the community college and um, share with the community. Wonderful. Okay, thank you. All right, who's next? Um, I can't go next. Uh, I'm Kate. Hi, Wanda. Yes, I guess I'm not originally from here. In fact, I just moved back to the area this year. So, and I'm planning to do business through primarily Shopify, but I'm looking at local also. But I live in the area. I just am wow. not originally from here. And I have a small cosmetics business. Okay, tell us about that a little bit. <laughs> oh, I should have practiced that elevator speech I wrote, shouldn't I have? Um, so I make cosmetics specially for people with allergies. So I make things like skin hair care for people with, in particular, coconut and palm allergies, with a focus on making them sustainable and luxurious. Okay, very good. That was, that was pretty good there, Kate. You did a good job. All right, and then who's that? Is Charbel on? I don't know. She might just be listening, and that's okay, too. Okay, so it, gonna, that's, that's all good. I'm going to mute, I'm gonna mute everybody for the time being, okay? Okay. All right, that sounds good. All right, Wanda, it's all you. All right, sure. All right, so networking and referral expert Bob Berg is famous for this quote, and I want you to listen to this. All things being equal, people do business with, and refer business to people they know, like, and trust. You got it? Know, like, and trust. And my advice to you is be in the business of building know, like, and trust relationships. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So when we think about, you know, what is the real value of networking? Well, business networking is, I think, the most valuable way to expand your knowledge and learn from the success of others it helps you attain new clients, and it gives you the opportunity to tell others about your business. So what a great way to build a sustainable business here. All right, so I want to know, hey, Todd, you might have to unmute us here. You might have to be on prompt. Um, why did you call in today? What are you hoping to take away? All right, Jade, what are you, why did you call in today, and what are you hoping to take away? Um, well, um, you invited me, I think. Yay. <laughs> Yeah, um, I really wanted to, um, I love networking in my community, and I love resources. So um, it just it fit in my schedule, and it was an opportunity for me to, to connect with you and get some resources. There you go. All right, thank you. All right, Kate, how about you? Why did you call in today, and what are you hoping to take away? And don't say ditto. Don't do that. No, actually, it's not exactly. So you emailed me and suggested it, and I was like, Oh, that's nice. I'm not sure I need this, but Wanda sure is good at networking to think to ask people. And I was like, maybe I do need that because you know they say don't ask, don't get. So I was like, maybe that is something I need. All right. Well, good. Well, what I'm hoping to do right now, the, the first part of this, we're going to break it down into five best strategies. Okay. So let's talk about the real value of networking. First of all, Referral generation and positive influence. And so this is probably the most obvious benefit and the reason most business owners decide to participate in networking activities and join some networking groups. 
the great news is that the referrals that you get through networking are normally high quality, and most of the time they're even pre-qualified for you. So you can then follow up on the referrals or the leads and turn them into clients immediately. So you're getting a much higher quality of leads from networking than from other forms of marketing. And the increase in business from networking is the major advantages, but there are others as well. You know, the people that we hang around, um, hang around with, talk to, and they do influence who we are and what we do. So it's important to surround yourself with positive, uplifting people that help you to grow and thrive as business owners. And these folks always have you in the backs of their minds. They're people who are personally invested and interested in seeing you succeed. I know you get the picture there. I know you get the picture. And of course, that's because you're the same way about them. They are, and you are, an army of personal ambassadors. And when you have your own personal army of walking ambassadors, you can really make things happen. So let's move on to number two. Number two is opportunities and visibility. Opportunities and visibility. With a motivated group of business owners comes abundances of opportunities. Let me just tell you, there are lots of opportunities that come from networking. And in fact, this is where the benefits of business networking are huge. Opportunities like joint ventures, client leads, there are partnerships. You may get a speaking or writing opportunity and business or asset sales. And the list goes on. I know you can think of more here. And the opportunities within networking are really endless. So just make sure you're, you're jumping on board with the right opportunities and don't go jumping onto every opportunity that comes your way. You'll get burnt out too easy. I know some of us have a hard time of saying no. So make sure you are aligning what it is that you're doing <clears throat> Excuse me, with your business goals and your visions. Otherwise, you might find that you're spinning your wheels and chasing after opportunities that will get you nowhere. So be mindful of that. All right? So being visible and getting noticed is a big benefit of networking. So make sure you regularly attend functions, you know, whether they're business functions or social events. You just need to get your face out there. People will remember you when they see you and see you as part of something. And you can then build your reputation and knowledge. Um, people will look at you as a reliable and supportive person by offering useful information or tips to people when they need it. And I, I think that some of you are really good at that. You're also more likely to get leads and referrals and you'll pop in the heads of other people, and they'll think of you whenever they need someone or someone they know needs, some, needs something that you offer. So that's opportunities and visibility. All right, the third point, the third best strategy I want to share is connections and friendships. Think about it like that, connections and friendships. Business networking can benefit your business in so many ways. And you know, they say it's not what you know, it's who you know, and this is so true in business. And if you really want a successful business, then you need to have a great source of relevant connections in your network that you can call on when you need them. 
So networking provides you with a great source of connections and really opens the doors to talk to highly influential people that you wouldn't otherwise be able to easily talk to or find, especially if you're not from the community. So it's not just about who you're networking with directly either because that person you know already has a network that you can tap into as well. And that's how it works. You just expand your network. And many friendships form as a result of networking. Think about that because you're typically all like-minded business owners that want to grow your business. And you meet and help each other regularly so naturally strong friendships tend to form. I want you to think about connections or friendships that you have formed as a result of networking. And um, if you want to share, that would be great. Anybody want to share about a connection or friendship that's formed as a result of networking? Todd, you can even answer in on this one. Okay. Hi, Wanda. I'll share. This is Jade. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the foundation of my business has always been um, networking and building relationships. Um, and like you said, you, you don't know who they know. And whenever mm -hmm. um, something comes up where, you know, I really could use someone to help me with this, I just like, you know, I know exactly who, I know exactly who to contact for you or connect you with. So, yeah, yeah. I think it's very important. I don't have a really, there's so many examples. That's just basically the way I, I run my business. All right, because it's beneficial. You know, it's yeah. helpful and it's beneficial. You know, no, no doubt, no doubt. Anybody else want to join in on that? That was one of the best tips that I've seen in recent memory that I realized I always did um, starting back very early on, which was trying to make connections as a, as a very useful tip when you think about, especially if you're at a, a, a traditional networking event, no matter what kind it is, um, most people have a lot of trouble thinking, okay, thinking elevator pitch, that kind of thing. But the smarter thing to do really is to think about who you know, because you can't address everybody's problems. So the smarter thing is to think, who do I know that could help them? Exactly. And how can that person that you're meeting for the first time maybe be beneficial, not necessarily even to you at that moment, but also for somebody you might know who needs what they can provide in whatever way, shape, or form. And so it gives you that, that way of making those connections. And if you're basically thinking that in the back of your head every time you meet somebody, who, how, can I, how can I make somebody one of my connections benefit from this person I'm meeting for the first time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it comes naturally. It just does. It comes naturally when you practice it. Okay, so we're still talking about what is the real value of networking. And the, next, the fourth point I want to make here is advice and increased confidence. That's another value of networking. So speaking of advice and increased confidence, Having like-minded business owners to talk to also gives you the opportunity to get advice from all sorts of things related to your business or even your personal life. 
and obtaining that important work-life balance, which is so critical to us. So just make sure you're getting solid advice from the right person and someone that actually knows about what, they're, what you need and that they're just not giving you their opinion on something and something that they have no or very little experience in. So just check that out. But it is, it's a great way to get advice and increase confidence. And speaking of increased confidence, so by regularly networking and pushing yourself to talk to people you know, like, and trust, you will get increased confidence. Think about how this is in your business because your business growth is very dependent on talking to people and making connections. And networking is great for people who aren't confident as it really pushes them to grow and learn how to make conversations and lasting connections with people they don't know. So practice does make perfect, and it does become easier. And you benefit more from it. So after all, you are the best person that can market your business. Okay? Advice and increase confidence. And so the fifth real value of networking here is the satisfaction you get from helping others. And you know there is great satisfaction in helping others, and networking is a wonderful way to allow you to do that easily. So networking is full of business owners that have problems or issues within their business that need solving. And there's a great satisfaction from helping someone to solve a problem and also to just watch and see how they get positive results from that. So this pretty much wraps up the first part. And, and I want to tell you, I shifted my gear there a little bit, and I've got to apologize for that. So my two sections, just so you'll know, are what is the real value of networking, which we've just talked about, the real value of networking. And the second section is what are the best strategies for networking. So we're going to talk about strategies next. So real values. Does anybody have anything else they want to add to the real value of networking? This is Jade. Okay. Hey, I yeah. really love what he just shared because that's so true that whenever I do meet someone, um, adding value and helping others is is right at the top of my list when I'm when I'm connecting people or meeting people and creating relationships. Mhm. Good. Yeah. I guess I feel like um with this what I'm not so good at is the like more formal networking, so the tips will probably be helpful. But I have found that in my career, a lot of my opportunities, oh, this is Kate, sorry, have come yeah. from when I, just being kind to other people, actually, and like things like writing people notes when they help me out or like listening to what people say and remembering that, like just treating people with respect and all. And they're like being able to find communities has definitely helped me a lot. So hopefully as I get more involved in the community here, it will be easier <laughs> with there launching the business. Yep. There you go. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, thanks for that. Thanks for that. So we're going to move into what are the best strategies for effective networking? This is the title for the second half, okay? <laughs> So, you know, networking in a small town or a rural area, it, it may seem a little daunting. And so what we're going to do is discuss five methods that I believe will help you be on your way to success. And, you know, working in small town or rural areas has its own set of challenges and opportunities. You know, your potential market is smaller. 
and the population is less concentrated than in cities. So your clients may be spread over a large area. Um, yet people in these locales often have a very strong sense of community. So you have to really tap in to what makes them tick. And you may find even find pockets in your communities where people vary. And, and just be aware of that. So would you agree to this? Would you agree that there that there are some strategies that have worked for you and maybe um, just that small towns are a little unique? Yeah, I mean that sounds true. <laughs> there are definitely some things that have worked for me, but I keep switching between metropolis and small town. Like I lived in this area before and then moved to a metropolis and then came back. Well, okay. Some of those things work, though. They they can you can they did they work. Different yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's take a look at these five methods, and I would really be interested in, in what you all think about this. All right, so number one, and I think this is most important, is become involved in small business groups and volunteer, volunteer. Okay, seek out local business groups such as the Small Business Center roundtables and Chamber of Commerce. Now, Todd, do you have roundtables in your area? No, we do not. We've tried. Um, that, that is one of the challenges in a more rural area. Um, we're hoping right. a, a revitalized chamber to have some more networking opportunities for that. Yeah, yeah. And I know here in Carteret County we do have a small business roundtable, and I think uh, both Jade, you, and Kate are familiar with those. But it's, even if you create your own, you know, it's just really important to become involved in small business groups and also the Chamber of Commerce. And I know that they look a little different in different communities, but it's just a good way to network with some folks. And when you participate in events within your business community, you should go beyond just being present. You know, so to stand out, try and get involved in organizing events, volunteer to help there. And in rural areas, there's often a number of, a limited number of professionals. And therefore, it's especially important to create strong business relationships with one another. And remember, they can introduce you to the kind of people you're looking to build your business around. So, so get involved. And when we talk about volunteering, contributing to a cause has some obvious benefits. For one, it's a great feeling to give back to a community or organization that you care about. And there's also networking benefits that can result from volunteering. Usually, they, they're going to be like-minded people that participate at these volunteering events. And it's a way to show that you're considerate of others and you want to make a difference. So even if you don't professionally network at that event or cause, you can make a better market for yourself by adding your charitable work to your resume or portfolio. And we know that shouldn't be the bottom line. We really should want to give back and make a difference in our communities. But, you know, speaking of communities, there's often a feeling of shared responsibility, especially in smaller communities. So it's important to focus some of your energy on the community's well-being. And whether it's coaching a little league team or taking a leadership role at a social event, or maybe community activities. Um, they just present opportunities to introduce yourself and demonstrate your value. So just be sure to have a genuine interest in the activities 
that you choose. Now, can, can you share with me some of the things that you have done? And you, maybe, maybe you didn't have networking in mind, but some of the things you've done to volunteer for your community's well-being. Um, anyway. Yes, I've actually run like outreach events for helping children learn coding and technical skills, especially like in, uh, well, both in this area, I used to help with them and sort of in poorer communities in the last city I lived. And I actually, indirectly, it did wind up helping me. In fact, I wound up with getting a rather significant award at work and things like that. But it wasn't the main motivator. It's just something that's really exactly. important to me. All right. Well, tell us about that. What was the main motivator? Uh, well, because I grew up in an area that uh, sort of an inner city school area. And I know that, and this is a problem in rural areas too, a lot of times there's just not opportunities to learn sort of skills when you're in high school and middle school that show you what possibilities there are. And as someone who's you know, like engineering is a good career and I've like, I used to work in aviation and all. And, but if you don't have the opportunity to see how things work earlier on, you're unlikely to be interested in it. So I think it's really important to like let children see what options they have in life and it, it, and to get some of those experiences. So if they do choose to go in those directions at like the college level that they have um, some of the ideas of what's going on, it makes it a lot easier for them. So for me, while I haven't been working on that since I've been back, it is on my list. It's um, just a thing I think is really important socially. Yeah, I agree. And fits with very what skills I do have. Mm -hmm. Very, very good. All right, who else wants to share some volunteering they've done in their community? Um, this is Jade. Um, okay. I, like you said, I just help where I kind of have a passion for something, um, whether it's volunteering to help with a fundraiser or um, being on a, a member of a board, uh, just wherever I can see opportunities and that I'm drawn to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it definitely helps. Yeah. You know, yeah. it goes back. All right, Todd, you have anything you want to share there? Well, I mean, th throughout my throughout my career, no matter where I've been, I've tried to make sure I try to find an opportunity to to volunteer in parts so that, you know, I'm doing something that's that's helping where I'm involved, but also because you're gonna find connections with, like you said, people who have a similar interest and it's one of the best ways for you to find people who have different skill sets or different uh you know, do different things that, that can be beneficial for the people you know, and then you're also becoming more known to other folks for what you do and what you can do and what you can offer outside of you know, the context of just your work. So mm -hmm. um, and it, it's tough unless you're out there in that kind of way for folks to, to see that. Um, that's probably one of the best ways, because that's, that's why most networking groups are built that way, so that, they, that you are hitting folks that are outside of your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. That's right, expanding a little bit, expanding. All right, so that was my first strategy, becoming involved in small business groups and volunteering. Second one I want to share here is I want you to think about prioritizing the quality contacts versus the quantity contacts. Think about that, quality mm -hmm. contacts versus quantity. 
So create and nurture quality relationships. But working the networking circuit is really not enough. You must do more than talk to dozens of people and grab every business card available. You know, that used to be the old strategy, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we did. Bring business cards and you switch them all up. And I don't know about you, but I've, I've kind of gotten to the point now where I've gone through some of those business cards in my drawer and thrown them away. And, you know, <laughs> There are apps for how you can, can scan card information. And sometimes I just take a picture of the card and put it on as the person's contact profile picture. But um, it's, just, it's not so much about you know, just getting someone's card and grabbing all you can. You know, I think often networkers are tempted to distribute and collect as many business cards as possible during a business event. And in my opinion, you'll get um, I think just better long-term results by setting a goal of, of making between two to five new contacts at each networking event you attend. And I think by limiting the number of contacts, you're able to focus on quality connections and build rapport and trust with each person. So you might need to think about it like this. You know, if you have this urge to work the room and strengthen your chances of getting valuable contacts, I would say that having in-depth conversations with just a few people to get started is more effective. So think about it this way. When it comes to, to setting yourself up for future opportunities, one really meaningful conversation is much, much more better, as my grandchildren would say, much more better than 10 superficial exchanges. So focus in on those meaning, meaningful conversations and don't worry about the quality. Let's focus on, on the quantity. Focus on the quantity. And anybody have any experiences or techniques they'd like to share in regards to quality versus quantity? I, th I, I think... think Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, I think one of the best rules, and I don't know if this is going to trot on something you're, you're going to put out there, which is basic rules is um, listen more than you talk. Mm -hmm. No and doubt. So you can't, you know, when you're, because it's an investment of your time. You know, it's not money usually that, that you're investing when you do any sort of real networking. And so to make sure you're getting the best out of that time, you really do want to be listening to, you know, whoever it is so that you're understanding what they do and how you can best help them and ultimately how, how down the line you'll be able to relate with them and, and find the things that, that can connect you better with them over the, over the long haul instead of just, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, connect the card and just hope that you, you can make sense out of it later. So if you follow with that kind of idea of you know listening, no matter what more than you're going to end up putting out there, you're going to do a lot better. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All mm -hmm. right, someone else had something to say here. Oh, I was just going to say this is Kate again. Um, yeah, so I actually find it easier to do sort of focus on quality connections than quantity or I just get overwhelmed. So mm -hmm. I feel good that you're saying that's how we should do it because <laughs> it's so hard to do the thing where you just like shotgun a room. But um, 
I tend to try and look for something not necessarily business related to connect to someone with, um, like find out what's important to them or what their interests are and just have a comfortable conversation. For me, that tends to be easier. I don't know if it's the most effective, but um, sometimes it's worked for me. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. And that's a great segue into my third strategy here, and that is focus on relationship building. And, you know, and we could just talk about that in and of itself in networking because that is, that is the core of networking is relationship building. And, you know, first impressions really do matter. They really do because you can't make a first impression twice. So when you think about first impressions, what are some of the keys we've learned through the years to make great first impressions? Just throw them out there. What are some of the keys we've learned? How about that handshake? Haven't we learned about that? Oh, yeah, or even like good facial expressions or direct eye contact, squaring yourself up. I worked for a retail company, and one of their big tips was when you greet someone, you square your shoulders with them. You square your shoulders and you make eye contact with them. And then, you know, I think above all else, just that genuine interest in the other person you're speaking with and your overall attentiveness. And that's one of the things, and I might mention this a little later, but you know how sometimes we have New Year's resolutions or we can call them whatever we want to focus on. But every year I, I focus, try and focus on being present in the moment, being present in the moment, because oftentimes we have so many things on our minds and our minds wonder and we could be talking to someone and maybe making a grocery list at the same time. But, but one of my goals is to try and really be present in the moment. And a lot of that, I think, is um, honestly, it's just for the other person. Because when you're thinking about something else, how can you be focused on the person you're talking to? All right, enough about that. So here's a tip here. As you introduce yourself, listen very carefully to their name. Listen very mm-hmm. carefully. And if you don't understand it or you don't get it, Ask them politely to repeat it, but don't go the rest of the event not knowing that person's name or, or worse yet, not knowing how to pronounce it properly. You know, don't <laughs> be afraid to ask them to repeat it. That's, our names are very, very important to us and very personal. So speak with a loud and confident tone of your voice if the situation, the atmosphere warrants that. You know, often people are nervous at networking events, so don't speak too loudly, but speak loudly enough and clearly enough that you can be heard correctly. And so you guys have already mentioned some of this. Get to know the person you're speaking with before talking about yourself. And you can achieve this by asking them what they do. We have lots of other tips we're going to share here. Uh, Then you can either comment on their business, ask questions, or ask them to explain something in more detail. But as you show interest in them and in their business, they are more likely to become interested in you or your business. These are things that you all know. I hope this is a good reminder for you to think about. So don't just talk about work either. It's great to find common ground. So look for commonalities you share, whether it's a personal hobby or maybe you both really value time with your family. But find those things that connect you. And people love talking about their children or their pets, or you can talk about the weather. You know, you can always find things to build rapport around. 
<coughs> and if you want to go a step further, take a few minutes after the conversation to make a note of anything unique for future reference. So when you follow up with that person again, you can brief, briefly mention one of those highlights you talked about previously. And just remember here that small details can make a good first impression. You know, and so if we're talking further about focusing on building relationships, think of what you can offer. So this will help you to avoid giving too much of the me, me, me vibe and don't ask for any big favors from a new person right away. You know, focus rather on what you can do for that person. Think of how you can be a resource for them as well. And it doesn't have to be anything major, but even giving a recommendation for a good restaurant or a dentist in your area, I mean, it can just show that you're not just talk, um, talking to them for your own personal or professional gain. So think of what you can offer them. And then as Todd mentioned, listen more than you talk. We could all take some notes here. That's why God gave us two ears and one mouth. You all know that. So pay attention to the other person and what they're talking about. Instead of reciting your most impressive resume bullet point in your head, stay in the moment and ask questions about them. You know, it's been said that when other people are talking, we've already thought about what we're going to say next. And that's just so sad because I think oftentimes relationships are built on just listening to somebody else. They just want somebody to listen to that is competent and can validate the time they spend with you. So most people end up talking about their work at social gatherings anyway, so allow the conversation to naturally segue, if needed, into a career territory. You could ask things like how they got into this field and maybe what they like and dislike about it. And maybe if there are some current trends they're keeping their eye on. I know I had a conversation yesterday. I was at a, a little reopening of Equality Inn here and that's, that's been down since the storm. And they've finally gotten back open and I was talking to the, the general manager there because I know we've we all have a big issue with finding employees. And so I, I just asked her about some of the struggles that she had with um, either keeping some of the employees that they had previously or finding new employees. And she talked for 15 minutes, and I could tell how beneficial that was to her just to get some of that off of her chest because it's a real issue. It is a real issue. So listen more than you talk as I'm talking away here. And let's see, we talked about that. So this will help show that you're genuinely interested. And also you get a chance to flex your industry knowledge without being too super obvious about it. So what are, other, what are some other questions that we could use to engage others in conversation when we're trying to listen more than we talk? What kind of suggestions do you all have for other questions? One of my favorites is to just ask what's what's a challenge for them right now in their work, especially if it's not something that you're directly involved in or that you, you may or may not be able to um, capitalize on yourself because, again, I'm, I'm always thinking who do I know that might be able to help them 
if mm-hmm. it's not me, and if you understand, because that's the other thing is that most most of the time folks don't necessarily want to offer that up as a say, hey, can you help me with this issue? But if you're kind of more or less brunt about it and go, <laughs> hey, you know, um, you know, how can I help you? What, what's what's a problem or a challenge for you right now in your work or whatever it is you need? You know, that's usually a really great one, and it usually draws that out. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. And the word challenge, I think, is, is very critical in that. Instead of saying a problem, I think a challenge is a better word. All right, what other kind of questions can we ask to engage others in conversation? Well, this is Jade. Um, okay. Of course, I love all your suggestions. Um, just an example, I guess, is um, Brandon and I go to a lot of um, – events where there are vendor spaces and we're Mm -hmm. you know for some things we're a vendor for you know wellness um or community resources and things and that's so beneficial for me and i always make a point to go around to each vendor and introduce myself hi how are you doing today my name is jade what what are you sharing today what services are you sharing i really like to connect folks together can you tell me a little bit about what you're sharing today yeah, okay, I like that. Because, I mean, there's so many of these events where there may or may not be many participants that actually come, but your key people, they have the same interests as you or all the vendors that are there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, no yeah. doubt, no doubt. Okay, I had someone in my network that uses the line, what are you working on big? What are you working on big? You know, and it's just kind of a funny, a funny saying, but I always get a laugh out, out of that. And uh, you could say, what's the next big thing you have coming up? Or if you, uh, what's the most exciting thing about what you're working on at the moment or any big challenges coming down the line for you, just things like that. And then even if you're, if you're talking to someone who's looking, you can tell they're looking at a different career, you can ask them, if they don't like what they're doing now, what kind of job would they like to have? And that's just a whole different ball game in networking. But sometimes people network to find jobs. So that could be beneficial. All right, very good. But I think focusing on building relationships clearly works. So when you show genuine interest in supporting the person that you're meeting, the benefits are priceless. You know, it makes you stand out because you're offering something rather than asking for help or advice. You're giving, not taking, okay? And I think it's, it's a seamless transition into getting their contact information. And that's what you ultimately want. And it gives you the angle to follow up later that week. You know, meeting someone for the first time doesn't make them an asset to your network. I think it takes multiple conversations. But this does start that relationship. It does start the relationship. And how many of you, for those of you who know me, I probably say this too much, but how many of you have heard of or read the book, The Go-Giver? I know you talk about it. <laughs> okay. Well, Todd, you're going to have to read it. It's like 130 pages. You could do it mm-hmm. in a weekend. It's just really cute. cute. It's this book. It's called The Go-Giver, and it's a little story about a powerful business idea. And I tell you, 
it's worth a read. It's by Bob Berg and John David Mann. I mentioned Bob Berg and his quote. He's the one that talks about developing no like and trust relationships. But I do highly, highly recommend this. Okay, I'm going to move on to my next tip here because <clears throat> we're getting down to the wire. Okay, number four, number four for strategies. Create clarity around your message. And what I mean by this is know what you do and be able to articulate it. So clearly state what it is. This is like your elevator pitch. And you should be able to introduce yourself in a brief and succinct manner. You know, work on this. We did this, didn't we, Kate, in class some. But create and practice two introductions. One could be like a 10-second or less, and the other could be a 30-second or less. But when you introduce yourself, it should clearly state what you do and for whom. And there are all kinds of examples here. <clears throat> Here's one that I'll just throw out there that I read. It says that I work with an Internet marketing firm that helps small businesses increase their sales and profits. Well, how about that? Okay. So a key that often gets overlooked by networkers is developing an introduction that encourages the other person to ask you to elaborate. You don't want to be closed-ended there. You want to be open-ended. And so this helps in the rapport-building process. And when the person asks for more information about what you do, then that's your opportunity to use that 30-second or more introduction. So here's an example of that. So someone's introducing themselves. This is the longer the longer introduction. It says, Jane Doe of Acme Supplies was looking to increase their leads and sales generation. So they contracted me, and after six months, we helped them increase their sales by 34.5%. In addition, they were able to cut their costs by 10% by eliminating spending on less effective marketing channels. So you see, these are just examples, but if you think about the above example, an effective introduction should give a clear example of your work and typically results that you have for your clients. So it should be honest, genuine, authentic, so you don't sound like a cheap salesperson peddling snake oil. Right, Todd? We don't want to do that. However, it's important that you practice both introductions so that you sound natural. And when you give them at any time or any situation, people know that you're being genuine. And, and you don't want to be that jerk that rattles off your 60-second elevator pitch to a perfect stranger. But at the same time, you don't want to miss an opportunity to connect with someone beneficial. So when considering clarity around your message, start with why. And I think Simon Sinek says this best. And he says it's something like this, that you know, we can all tell somebody else what we do, and we can also tell them how we do it, but do we tell them why we do it? Do we tell them why we do what we do? And, and if, you're, if you're looking, some of you may have heard about this. The, the Golden Circle is a TED Talk, 18 minutes. It's old as dirt, but it's so effective. And Simon Sinek is the one that created that, and he's written several books centered around the question, why? Why we do what we do. All right, so there's, there's your create clarity around your message. And then our last strategy for success here um, in networking is follow up, follow up. Okay, this is a must and may be the most important step in making a connection event turn into profit. Yet this is where I think most networkers fail. So I want you to consider these two strategies to ensure proper follow up. Okay, and 
And you may have something already in place for this, but number one, the next day following the event, you should send, get, get this, a handwritten card. What? A handwritten card? Or you can even send an email, all right? But send something to the people that you meet. A card will make you stand out from the crowd and add a personal touch. And it may be someone, if you get to know them, maybe they would rather text, and that works for them, and then that's, it's done. You don't have to worry about an email or a card. But add, add some personal touch there the next day. And to further, further personalize your message, mention something you spoke about. And clearly state your interest to keep in contact with this person. Be sure to include your contact information. And you might have to include something about you so they can remember who in the world you are. Okay, so that's the first thing. And then number two, within two weeks, contact that person to arrange a meeting if you're really interested. Maybe you can meet for coffee or for lunch. Make it a public place. That's always important. And, um, and this, this initial meeting, it's not a sales call. And it should be a relational building session. Okay, just, you know, Rome was not built in one day and neither was trust. So use this meeting to learn more about that person's business, their challenges, and how your company can assist them. Or even, like I said, you can talk about personal things if you want. The key to build trust is to build trust here. And that comes from your, con your contacts getting no more, bleh, I'm looking at the clock here and I'm getting nervous, getting more to know about you and about your business then I think that they're more likely to work with you or refer someone else to you if they, if they know more about you and they trust you. But all the efforts are just pointless if you don't follow up in a meaningful way. And I just got to tell you, I think here fortunately it's not as daunting as it sounds. It's just not. I think people want to make connections and people want to be in relationships with other people. So follow up. Follow-up is important. Okay, so what other strategies have you used for effective networking? I think one of the things you have to be very aware of is, is doing it in the non-traditional manners and in the, okay. in the ways that you're not necessarily prepared for. So in, in this circumstance when you're just out in public, whether you're at the store or the bank or you know, in any place like that where you're not generally thinking, hey, this is a networking opportunity, and you're not thinking that way necessarily, but to be prepared not to, you know, present your pitch, but just to be prepared to when you meet somebody who may or may not be, you know, a solution for you or somebody that you can ultimately connect with in a way that's going to go beyond just a... Uh, you know, an odd interaction in a non-traditional place where you're not thinking about networking. And that's one of those things you do, again, like you suggested, have to be prepared for. So to, be, mm -hmm. to think about how you are ready to think that way in that moment when, you know, you're just meeting somebody off the cuff and, and, and you know, you can take a few minutes, and even if it's just in passing, and be prepared to, you know, do these, these things that you're talking about in a traditional sense, but in, in a more casual setting that doesn't necessarily lend itself to that. Right, and it is a lot more casual and not as, not as structured, and I think, um, I think that's a great tip, great tip. Anyone else have other strategies that they've used for effective networking?
I, th- I think I think the other thing that you emphasize that that and I, and I go I, like I said I'm going to always go back to it because I think it's one of the ones that kind of really helps with the follow up like you said in terms of giving a meaningful is that if you find that problem that they're trying to address and you say even if it's just as simple as sending the the contact or setting up a phone call or email connection to somebody that that addresses their problem or it's just something that you saw in passing that may help them in any meaningful way even if it doesn't Mm -hmm. end up helping them but the fact that you say hey here's something that I might be able to do that can help you in some meaningful way it provides that that reason to have good follow-up yeah like you said, meaningful follow-up, and it gives you that access to the best means of contacting them because generally they're going to tell you what the best way of getting them is, whether it's call, email, text, whatever, and then Mm -hmm. it gives you that opportunity to show, yeah, I do follow-up, not just follow-up because, but because I'm providing you something that I didn't have to do. I'm doing this, you know, and I think that's one of the things that when you think of – the why, which you know, I'm a fan of cynic, is that you're trying to be generous um, mm-hmm. and and embodying a generous um, sense that you're not just trying to get something out of the relationship, but that you're trying to give something back. Yeah, yeah, you're good at that, Todd. You're very good at that. <laughs> I try. There you go. Okay, as I mentioned, Todd's going to be sharing an outline of what we've talked about today and also a link to an article with 33 networking tips you can easily read in five minutes. How about that? You can take five minutes. And it includes a really cute infographic that breaks down a ton of great advice into like a bite-sized chart. So I think it will be very helpful. Well, we've had a great discussion on effective networking. And I think with anything else, the more you practice it, the easier it becomes. And the more people you'll add to your network and the more people, the more their business and your business will be successful. Any other questions or thoughts here before we close? This is Jade. Um, mm-hmm. When you were talking about another way to network, what came up for me is that um, I notice, especially when I'm doing something that I really love, like um, Um, a deep connection with, like maybe I'm going to a healing workshop or a yoga workshop or class, I know that those people in the room have the most genuine and deepest connection with me of what's important to me. And so those are always my biggest um, and best quality connections um, and networking. So as... as yeah, and like you said, the people that are closest to you, making sure it's quality, good vibrations that you invest in in those relationships. So I think whatever your hobby is, and especially when it's around healing, it's it's really truly genuinely like-minded folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you do an awesome job of fostering those relationships too. I, I see you do that. So that's that's great. That's great. And, and you okay. do <laughs> Thank oh, you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, Todd, how are we doing here on time? 
we're great. We're, we we can go over. It's not you, you're not held to like. Um, okay. We want to make sure we, we told folks that it would be an hour, so we don't want to go over. Yeah. Well, to, you know, I'm, go off, and if they have to, that's fine too. Um, okay. Well, I'm that responsible person, so I like to follow the rules. I know yeah. you are. Um, one of the things okay. I, I would suggest too, especially in rural areas where there may not be a lot of opportunities, and I know we said like we're not talking social media, but of course with everything that is online now making it so much easier to find and make connections that if you if you take a look at the variety of different places that exist like Facebook groups, Craigslist, Meetup, Eventbrite, I mean, there's a wide variety of places to take a look, and you don't see the type of thing that you're looking for. I mean, all of those different things make it incredibly easy now to do it yourself, for lack of a better way of thinking of it, is, you know, putting it out there that, hey, you know, we're going to maybe do a book club or, you know, just a simple you know, something of interest, and that's the beauty of, of all those different places. Um, our presenter next month has a, one of his favorite sayings is, you know, you want to go to where all the animals gather and they go, they go to the watering hole. Well, that's the best thing to do is to find where those people are of interest, and if you can't find them, then you kind of have to create your watering hole and mm-hmm. hopefully get those folks that you want to be there and, and, and just put it out there in a way – you know, that makes sense, and it could be as simple as meeting at a McDonald's if that's the only opportunity in your area or, um, you know, the local coffee shop, whatever it takes, you know, you know, to, to kind of hook up with those folks in a way that, that makes sense for you all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Create your own watering hole. I wrote it down. I like it. <laughs> the I other like one, it. and you didn't say this, but I like this. You kind of hinted at it was, and this was this came from when I did a lot of phone call work way back in the day, and I took it into doing live action stuff, which was even if you're not feeling up to it, and even if you're not um, uh, really game for it, the best thing you can do on the phone or in person is smile. Because uh. even if the best thing you can do is smile when you're on the phone, because you sound happy even if you're not, <laughs> even if you're not feeling yeah, great that it's day. Sure it's as long as you put your fa- put your mouth into a smile, you'll sound happy. And the same thing is true in person. That you know, that nothing's worse than trying to interact with somebody who's down and and not feeling it so the best thing you can do is kind of fake it till you make it if you have to really it would just smile when you're out there so that people get the sense that you're that you are inviting and that you do want to be there because um, otherwise yeah. it probably is a waste of both your and their time if, if you're not really game um and I think for most folks it, it does come a little more naturally but it is one of those things that not everybody's up for it so the best thing to do is to, yep. to, like you said, the the importance of that impression is, is pretty high. It is. It is. Very good. Very good. Okay. Well, with that, you have been a great audience. It's been a pleasure to be with you today. And my name is Wanda Bennett with Work on Wonderful Consulting. And I hope you have a great weekend. We appreciate everybody being involved, too. That's what this is for. This is what we want to do with this. Like I said, we'll be here next month doing um, communicating after uh, disaster recovery, emergency recovery. And 
we'll be putting out the, um, if you come to any of our seminars, webinars, and whatnot, um, you'll get an email survey, and that's where you'll find the attachment with all this information. So be on the lookout for that. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming, You're guys. Welcome. Thank you, Wanda, right. as always. Bye. Bye. You got it. Bye. All right. Thanks. <laughs>